Right. All right, so now we are off um, and uh, think hopefully this will work. Okay, so Fran so is in I control. Introduce. Okay, so hello people. This is uh, the Picky Bastards playlist and um, each month we get together and we discuss a few new albums, one album by a classic artist and a playlist that, or an album that one of us wants to introduce to the other two. Um, this month the albums are I See You by The XX, Little Fictions by Elbow, um, The Iceberg by Odyssey and the classic album is Biophilia by Bjork. And I will be introducing um, The Tallest Man on Earth to Nick and Nermal. So we'll start with the albums, and I'm going to start by asking Nermal to uh, tell us which one he enjoyed most, and tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so um, I think among among our choices this week is um, my favorite, absolutely, sort of, what really stood out for me was um, the... Uh, sort of tied, I guess, <laughs> between Elbow and Odyssey. Um, uh, the Elbow was something quite um, familiar in terms of what they do, uh, you know, slow building and then crescendo. and But I found myself uh, constantly going back to it and uh, mining it for new emotions, sort of really deeply affecting emotions about love and life and so i, I was uh, uh really drawn to it um and then the odyssey was the other sort of close first <laughs> on there and uh interestingly i don't know if either of you have heard uh, the uh, uh soundtrack to hamilton or or heard hamilton no, uh, yeah i, I mean it's, it's a really it's a uh, you know for me if you didn't you know since both of you have obviously been living under a rock, uh, you don't know much about it. Uh, it's uh, as a hip hop uh, musical, uh, but it's about Alexander Hamilton. So it's it's, it's sort of like this uh, coming of age story of of this founding father. So there were pieces of, pieces of the Odyssey that were incredible in terms of um, the development of a of a person in a very complex, diverse. Um, racially charged um, world, and uh, it wasn't filled with a wasn't filled with a lot of bravado per se. But I thought it was uh, again, yeah, just very deeply affecting. Okay, well, I think so, maybe should we go with Odyssey now then, and we'll come back. Yeah, we to should Elbow. pick one, and then we can uh, chop them up after the fact. So yeah, I guess go with Odyssey. I, I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do know Hamilton a bit because I know um, that the guy out of Hamilton is in Clipping. Which I think I introduced some time yeah. ago. No more yeah. the the unbelievable um, experimental hip hop band. Uh, they did the they did the space slavery fil- uh, thing. Yeah, uh, Miser- splendor and misery. I think it was called. Anyway, uh, that was it's pretty amazing stuff. But yeah, so that that's my only knowledge about that the connection or knowledge to that stuff. So, but yeah, I, th- I thought the Odyssey um, was really um, was was great, and I think it was mostly great because I felt I was it was really nice the way he owned. Um, his own uh, kind of context and background and um, tried to kind of uh, represent it in a very even-handed way. Um, so in other words, it was a political album, um, but it was one from about which he sort of was clearly talking about his own relatively privileged background, I think. Um, yeah. And, you know, I thought that was really interestingly well done, interestingly done. I thought it was also a very joyous um, yeah. And that's another reason why it will connect with the other when we talk about that later on. But um, it's a very joyous album throughout a lot of it. And uh, whether we can bring this in or not, I'm not sure. But we, Fran and I went to see him. Um, and that was an extremely joyous gig. I yeah. mean, that was really just a, um, just a really playful, fun experience of like so soul... Energy soul music with like you know everyone's mm. smile in the band is smiling they're kind of all dancing together in this kind of this yeah this kind of celebration this, which i thought was kind of fascinating and, and intriguing and also some, something just personally speaking that was very different from my own taste normally speaking so yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of a the big difference for me. for me as well with the with with odyssey and particularly the live performance was a lot of hip-hop that i've been to see live before that there isn't a band yeah. But we've obviously yeah. he has a, an amazing band with him. I think they're called Good Company. Yeah, I think and that sounds they right, were yeah. they were fantastic. Um, In fact, the bass player was one of the best players I've ever seen. Yeah, in any he was gig. amazing. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, 
massive bass guitar. He was just yeah, yeah six string bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, Odyssey for me was was also one of my uh, my two favourites of the of the four, um, and it was the biggest surprise to me, especially after we when we mm-hmm. originally put the playlist together, we put the odd tape, which is a lot of instrumental versions of Odyssey songs and I, mm. I was really not getting on board with that very much and then mm. luckily Nick pointed out the mistake and we changed it and for me it's the best hip-hop album we've listened to as a, as a group so far. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean it's wildly different from Danny Brown. That's the one that I jumped to when you talk about best hip-hop album of the, of the Picky Bastards. I mean I feel like that's the one that's, that stuck with me yeah. the longest but obviously it's wildly different but yeah. Well for me the, the reason the Odyssey was above anything else is because it was consistent all the way through. I, I was I mean, especially the f- the first eight songs. I think it's an eleven song album. The first eight songs, there's just they're all incredible, mm. and yeah. I think it, dro- it drops a little bit after that until the last song. But it is just it, for the first time for me at the hip hop albums, it was it had incredible lyrics and really good music. I think before we've had a mix where we've had some really good lyrics, mm. but the music's not. Been, and the other way around, and like for me, the Run the Jewels last time was. Um, the lyrics let down what was a good musical album and also mm-hmm. I felt like Odyssey was also very varied. Um, it was kind of, you know, very relevant to now. There was some funny songs, there was some hard-hitting <laughs> songs and yeah. whereas Wonder Jewel for me was consistently the same, really. So I thought this was, yeah, very strong. Very it was strong. much, it was just to speak to the previous, I was into the previous album he had done, which I know we didn't cover in this, this list, I don't think, at any point. Um, and this was a far more political album than that, but I do should say that for anyone who's not heard it yet that it's very much um it's it's a very cleanly apolitical album in some ways it, it, he for example there's the song wants to be is it, is it wants to be is that one of the tracks the wants to be happy yeah, yeah 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 where Fantastic. he's just doing this very very simple clean like you know i just want to be happy i just want to be free kind of narrative yeah um which is you know very much in, akin to the, the previous album you know a bit more like that which is which was mm. uh um, just very fun, you know. So and, that, and that's mm-hmm. great. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that I would always gravitate towards it, um, but and it was lucky I got to see it live this month because that helped a lot to contextualise it. And but I think it, yeah, it really did work well. Yeah, absolutely. There was a couple of things for me, Nick. While I was listening to that album, that actually I wanted to ask you about because it made me think of other things we've listened to that you maybe didn't get on with. Uh, one of them was the song you just pointed out, the "Want to Be," mm. reminded me quite a lot of Anderson Pack. Oh yeah. Um, obviously there's a bit more maybe political weight behind Odyssey stuff than Anderson Pack, but mm. musically I thought that was quite similar and you didn't really like Anderson Pack, did yeah, you? Yeah, so? the Anderson Pack just kind of nipped over the line for me into um, something that was just too light and sunny, mm. honestly. I know I know you didn't, you didn't agree about that, but... <laughs> How dare you, just, Sunny? Yeah, yeah. Got, I know, got, exactly. a, got a problem with optimism, I think. I do, I, do, I certainly do. Um, uh, particularly these days, but no. Uh, so I think it was it was this was closer to something that I could get my head around, basically. You know, yeah. and that's my limitation, not that not the not Anderson Pax or Odysseys. Um, but yeah, just to be honest, that that was um, what Odyssey could represent for me was somebody who was being true, reflective, thoughtful, um, honest, um, but also not being overwhelmed with the weight of um, the political nightmares that we're going through in various ways. You know. And on that, I not know, kind of I, connected. I, I, I was just going to say, like, there's something here about Solange as well, um, yeah. especially with you grew up. You know, I was wondering yeah. if uh, either of you felt like uh, there was any resonance here with the Solange piece in terms of just uh, the growing up and uh, the changes, you know, reflective of the current mood. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a trend. There's a lot of albums coming out that have this this. Yeah. Um, kind of story to them at the minute. There's another one that I wanted to recommend to you guys to listen to at some point by a guy called Fantastic Negrito, which is okay. similar and, and also about, incredible. But, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. but I think that, yeah, I mean, I can definitely get that association. Um, oh. And incredible albums as well, both of those two. And then Solange and, and for me, Odyssey are just, and Odyssey I hadn't heard of before, so it was even an even bigger surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, I might actually, if I had to make a comparison, I might actually edge. Uh, the Solange over this. I think the Solange is more of a collage type album, which I'm really, really interested mm. in at the moment. Um, so I, I just think that's a more uh, interesting, like mosaic way of yeah. present, presenting a load of songs together. Um, I think the but Solange the Odyssey is kind is, of a one off as well. It's, it's, I think the Solange is quite a one off as well. It's something yeah. very, there's, there's bits of that in this album, but I think Solange's album is fully, 
focused on that kind of story, yeah. isn't it? Whereas yeah, I don't yeah. think the Odyssey is fully focused on it. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, um, do we pick? Do, does anyone want to mention a particular song from the Odyssey that stood out to them? Um, uh, we have, we already mentioned them. I think that want, wants to be. If I, I'm, I'm right about that song title. Yeah, yeah I think it's want to be. Want to be. be. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, that was definitely stuck with me um, very clearly as, as one of the moments I just remember seeing in the live gig. Um, everybody kind of yeah, smiling, kind of dancing together as they sang, went through that track, you know. So I thought that was great. Um, but there was no, there was no, I didn't, I didn't actually see like a curve. Like you, maybe I should have studied it more closely. But like you're suggesting it sort of tailed off a little bit. I, I didn't actually see that as much. I, I don't felt think it heavily consistent. tailed off. I just think until want to be actually. Mm. I thought they were all so strong. Mm. And then for me, waiting outside and the, this girl I know, they just weren't as strong. They were still okay. good. Okay. But you come back to Rights and Wrongs, which is the final song, and that's incredible. Right. For me, it was Hold It Back was the song that stood out. And right. Just particularly, I love the verse which starts with, I make more than my sister because I was born as a mister. Yeah. I think it's an incredible lyric. Yeah. And then that whole verse is just <laughs> brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So yeah, um, okay, Odyssey then. So that's great. Should we move to the next one? Yeah, I, for I to think say that um, in charge. we'll go. We'll go to you, Nick, and you tell us which one you probably had the least interest in. Okay. Um, all right. So sparks are gonna fly. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. Already. <laughs> um, I got to be honest and say that the XX album uh, was. I, I won't actually say it was a letdown. Uh, it was it was not a very good album in my opinion. It was a total letdown. I really is that you or, or me? Are you speaking for me or are you for yourself? Me. That's were you were that's you previously me. a fan then? Or do you do you know the other two I albums? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Wow. Well, that's interesting because to me it wasn't as much of a letdown to some extent because uh, I, I didn't have brilliant expectations for it, and that's partly because I, I'm the first album I really liked. And then since then, I've increasingly been frustrated by just how cool their image as a band is and just how unbelievably slick they are. And it just, and at the same time, though, as they're doing that, as, as they're kind of presenting that, how very, very similar so much of what they do sounds to me. So that was really difficult to fight. I had to fight against that all the way through. And I, and I will say they won me over a little bit more than I was expecting because I went into it thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dreading this to some extent. But in the end, there were some moments that were, I thought, musically beautiful, vocally beautiful. She certainly got, the two of them have got great voices. Got incredible voices. Uh, I, can't, I can't argue with that. Um, and I thought one thing that, that really um, was an attempt to do something new but, but didn't really play out brilliantly was actually Jamie XX's beats were sometimes really awkward, I've got to say. In a, in a way, I wasn't expecting it because they, they got this pitch of like being so un, unbelievably cool and so like you know, cutting edge in so many ways. And I just thought some of it just sounded jarring and, and didn't seem to gel well. The opening song, uh, the name of which I forget, hold on, it's, um, uh, Dangerous, was a good example of that to me. Um, the beat uh, and, the, and the, the loops that he's putting into it don't suit the, the pacing of the song in a way, in a weird way. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's really hard to pin, pin down, but I just found it immediately... Um, jarring and, and kind of disappointing. So um, yeah. So anyway, ultimately that's um, that's my kind of quick summary of them. I I, I think they're. I, I'm tempted to go further, but I'll, I'll restrain myself no, for now. Get, get well, on. I was I will just say that I do I do think that they they really are a, a one trick band. I feel like at this point, having done th- is it four albums or three, three albums? albums? Three albums. They've been re- producing the same kind of music, pretty similar throughout, and and it's been very disappointing to see them continue to be sold as something so radical when they're actually not that radical anymore. So, sorry for those who would like them. <laughs> I think we should go to Nerbal, see if he also thinks it's a letdown, because I might have a slightly different opinion of this album. So, uh... Uh, again, I think for me, it was uh, the, I, I have really enjoyed their music and I um, was, I think there's something about uh, there, there was a certain darkness in their uh, lyrics, uh, 
Dead. certain darkness Every, everything's totally immersed in black it's like they're just yeah. like resting yeah. in black head to toe and it's well, like I mean <laughs> I think single. that's what it, so sort of way that was like that's kind of what was appealing to me but in here uh, in this album actually I thought they started to you know if I was maybe disagree a little bit with uh, Nick here uh, I thought they had these gestures towards uh, optimism and uh, you know kind of uh, you know connection and stuff but when the, when they went that way, I thought it was so, uh, for lack of a better word, cheesy that that I just thought, you know, are they being sarcastic now, or are they <laughs> are they actually being serious? Like, say something loving or something like that. You know, it just I, I was reminded of a the uh, album that we did a few sessions ago uh, by. Um, if you the, the wedding. To white horses, I'm going to fall out with you. The wedding, <laughs> the wedding one. Uh, the, uh, oh, uh, Bat for Lashes. Yeah, Bat yeah. for Lashes. Like, there are moments right. in there where I was kind of confused as to what you know the tone of that was. If it's genuine, just uh, uh, euphoric uh, sense of, oh, I'm just so in love with this person, to mm-hmm. are you is this really supposed to be the saccharin, you know? Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so I had some of those moments, but <laughs> I, I had an interesting experience with the XX where my first, I guess, two to three listens, what I was really into it actually. Uh, and I, uh, the melodies were coming back to me. I think a violent noise came back to me mm. a lot. thought that stood out and replica as well. And then the uh, the more I listen to it, the less I want I wanted to listen to it, uh, which is really kind of interesting. It sort of to grow old. It went sort of old on me quickly, and uh, and that that was kind of an interesting sort of feeling I had from it. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I I also found after I I really had to well as it was running in the background as I was like whatever getting dressed whatever, getting in the shower whatever, it would be like incredibly irritating. And I would just be like, why am I annoyed right now? Like, what, what is it that's getting to me right now? Like, everything's fine in the world. <laughs> and then, and then and I'd realize it was this fucking home. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was, that was the problem. All right, well, Fran, I, Fran, I'm, I'm going to step in and uh, say that this was my favorite album before. Um, by like, <laughs> I loved Odyssey as well. I struggled to separate the two. Um, right. For me, this, this album, you, you two are going to love this after what you've just been saying. <laughs> it's possibly the XX's best album. Um, <laughs> I don't. It's the first one for me where there is, I, 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 what you said, Nick, about the become a one trick pony, and I think the first album was so simple and so perfect that the second album, because it was exactly the same as the first album, kind of suffered even though it's got some good songs in it. But for me, this album, there is some variation. Uh, Jamie XX is more prominent. And I like what you said about it being sort of awkward, but I kind of like that. It's kind of dangerous. Yeah. It's a good example. It's quite chaotic. Mm. But I think it works really well. Mm. Um, and the cheesiness, Say Something Loving, maybe once I would maybe agree on that. But I think actually they became a bit more open on this song. And a bit knowing a bit about the band, Replica was probably... Replica and Lips were my two favourite songs, but Replica... A song about um, Oliver, the male singer's drug addiction, and the last year he's been in recovery, and his dad was a drug addict, and it's kind of he's been trying not. And I just those songs they were they felt more open to me this time and less generic. The whole album than like some of the lyrics they've done before. So I mean, it really connected with me. This it's really album. interesting whether or not whether or not that contextual information is actually helping to support. I'm not saying it's perfectly fine if it does. I'm just wondering if you think the fact that you know. That it's about this really poignant story about his drug addiction. Well, I only found that out later because I was oh, listening okay. to it and okay. I was I was intrigued by the lyrics because they they kind of struck a chord with me and I went and looked up at read about it and then found out. So I think it had already sort of struck a chord with me before that. Okay, okay. Just but um, but yeah, for me, I, I I I was I did think that I definitely thought Nick was not going to like this album. Oh, yeah. I'd already predicted that. I'm more surprised by your reaction, Nermal. Um We we usually agree, so I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's me getting ganged up on for a change. But um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. Um, I was going to point out two songs, Lips. I just thought Lips just did everything that the XX are good at. It's just showing off their vocals brilliantly. It's mm. 
because mm. I just loved it. Um, and Replica was the other, but if, can you two pick a, a song or is there no songs on there for you? Um, I no, I thought Replica was was a, was a stronger was stronger among the mm. ones we're talking about. Yeah, there was one later on in the album as well. Was it uh, On Hold? Or? I was going to ask what you both thought of On Hold because On Hold is probably their danciest song so far. Yeah. And when I heard it as the first single. On first listen, I was like, oh no, what have they done? But having listened to it more, it's really grown on me. And I actually, and live, I saw these live this month as well. Oh, they were incredible. <laughs> and on hold, was absolutely brilliant. Um, He's like breathless as he tells you. Honestly, <laughs> one of the best, for me, the best gig I've been to since I went to see Radiohead last year. So it, it, I thought they were amazing. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad neither of you two were there. <laughs> Making you miserable. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a problem. Can you pick a song, Nermal? Was there any songs that you, you enjoyed or...? I, I thought Violent Noise, you know, yeah, I love, I actually really did like Replica, and then uh, Violent Noise was, um, um, stayed with me quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Okay, well that's the XX, I think. So yeah, XX is done and dusted, I'm, for better or worse. I'm going to say we go to, well, I think we maybe save Elbow till last of the album, so okay. should we go to Bjork now? I could Bjork, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Should, I'll kick us off if you want. Um... So I listened a lot to this album. I listened a lot to all these albums this month. And by the way, we didn't really mention what we thought of the whole playlist at the start. But yeah, um, I enjoyed it all. I listened to them all quite a lot. Um, mm. You'll find out some feelings about Elbow later that maybe you might not agree with. But um, okay. but with Bjork, I listened a lot to it and I still feel like I need more time with it. Mm. Um, I still feel like I haven't fully cracked it yet. I feel like I enjoyed it. Um, maybe sometimes it was a bit too sleepy. I was a little mm. bit too like the the bell sound throughout was a bit too lullabyish yeah. for me. Yeah, but, I agree with that. But then when she couldn't, my my favorite song was Mutual Core, which I think just did everything she does mm. well on this album. It did the really chilled sections really well, but then it got really aggressive. And her voice is just so unique and so interesting that she doesn't change it from when she's singing something chilled to when she's being aggressive, but. The music changes, and you can. And she just—I don't know. She, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that song, and there's a few mm. songs on there that I love. But as a whole <laughs> album, I'm still, I'm still working it out. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely agree with that. I think it's um, maybe not surprisingly, uh, given it's Bjork, uh, a really enigma, really um, <laughs> hard to break into, really hard to read, and um, I suppose one some of the overriding concerns I had were, were actually to go on to the negative first and I'll get on to the positive were that um, sometimes I, I was worried that her voice uh, was so powerfully well, both high in the mix and, and she's very obviously very very capable that um, it kind of blew out some other elements sometimes um, and, and it, looked, it sounded like she was enjoying which is great that she enjoys it but it sounded like she was enjoying making those big notes to the point where it kind of uh, felt like I. It was almost for this in the service of that, and not in the service of the song. If that makes any sense. Mm. So, just on a couple of occasions, I think. Um, uh, well, actually, I really liked Crystalline as a song overall, but there were moments in Crystalline where I think she was doing that a little bit, where she was kind of like hitting these huge, these huge hard notes that she can do quite effortlessly. Um, and I think I just worried that maybe that wasn't actually um, uh, done for entirely for the purpose of making the song better and, and rather that she was just reveling in the moment of, of that kind of euphoria, which is it's just not, it's not a bad, terrible thing to do, but it's just maybe not quite as, as controlled as I might like, you know? Um, so there's that. Um, and yeah, I think the dreaminess is there. That, that's definitely something that's, that's uh, always interesting and always and sometimes problematic with her stuff. I, I suppose when I listen to this, um, I, although I, I like experimental music, I'm always pushed to feel like, what is it about pop? What's the pop music element that I that I like? Hmm. Like, what is it in my own taste that's actually pop music? Because when I hear some of these songs with like almost no chorus verse structure, like you know, in some cases, not in all, in all cases, um, I just get this sense of like I want to pull back to something that's more structured, more within hmm. a framework that I can kind of read. So anyway, that that's kind of my initial initial sort of concerns. It's a very beautiful album, 
Uh, I think it has a massive amount of depth to it, though, and, and I think you could spend a hell of a long time with it, as Fran was saying, and, and keep going, you know, and that, that's, um, that's to its credit, very much to its credit. I also, I, the only other one of hers that I knew well was, is it Medulla? Medulla, mm, yeah, yeah the, the one with all the, just built out entirely out of voices. Um, I knew that one fairly well, um, but I think I actually, pref- I like that one. I think I actually prefer this one, having got into it somewhat. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I'll leave it at that for now. What do you think, Nermal? Um, I would say that the uh, it is if there were a word I would try to associate with it is uh, massive, um, mm. just in terms of its uh, maybe ambition, but also uh, the feeling that it is attempting to evoke in you is just this incredible spaciousness to it, and, and huge, mm. huge, and, yeah, and point, yeah. you know, I it, it's it's. Uh, I want to pick up on this idea of it being uh, uh, this really interesting idea that it's not entirely safe, um, you know, uh, and uh, it doesn't rely on these very familiar pop structures. And so there's something really dangerous about it. And uh, if I was to go back to the the first song about uh, from the XX, the first song on the playlist is dangerous, and that's like <laughs> so not dangerous at all, <laughs> as opposed as opposed to this music, which is uh, nervous energy and uh, and then soothing and then chaotic and universal at the same time, you know, just trying to be in terms of its lyrics and, and subject matter, and so it was kind of enthralling but hard. As, at yeah. the same time, mm. I was uh, I'm thinking of crystalline as a embodiment of that spirit. Mm. Like it's it's That's a, real drawn it's, to that song in particular. Yeah, absolutely. That's really one I side as well. Yeah, fascinating. But mm. you know, I can't listen to it unless I'm ready to listen to it because by the by the last two minutes of it or a minute of it, I'm just like, ah, you know, kind of like. <laughs> Somebody, please, you know, stop this. Um, uh, one and, interesting uh, question I think is related to that, maybe, not to cut you off, is, um, yeah. is, is I wonder, having done the Aphex Twin album a couple of years, a couple yeah. of cycles ago, um, and, and I remember one of us, maybe it was me, even saying, I really respected it and really enjoyed it, but I don't know how many times I can imagine myself thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to stick some Aphex Twin on, you know. Yeah, you were the only one who said you enjoyed it. Okay, oh, you didn't enjoy it, right, right, right. But I, I, even then, I, even I think, even at that point, even though I did enjoy it, I think I, I don't know if I would jump to put it on. Is that something, would that be the case for this as well? How, how often would either of you think, all oh, right, I'm going to go and listen to, to uh, Biophilia? Um, yeah, I'd go with that. It's not one that I would, but, but not in the same way that Aphex Twin isn't. Aphex Twin, I wouldn't listen to read regularly because I just it just I just didn't see anything from it I didn't get anything from it whereas Bjork I get a lot from it but I do I agree with what Nermal said you have to be in a mood for Bjork mm. um, and you have to be in a mood for this album um, but I think I will listen I will carry on to listen to this album and I will listen to this album again and Apex yeah. Twin I would never <laughs> have listened to again <laughs> I didn't want to listen to it then um, but I love that album I, I'm just going to bring something up about Bjork, um, and it goes again with a little bit of it being kind of dangerous and a little bit unaccessible. And the one album that it reminded me of while I was listening to it was um, Kid A by Radiohead. Mm. Um, mm. And I know Bjork and Tom York do a lot of stuff together, and they 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 write together and everything. But there was times of this album, like because I know everyone said it the same at the time of Kid A coming out. That it was very inaccessible, and it doesn't seem so much anymore because you know music's moved on. But did, did either of you see that sort of association, the sort of Radiohead thing? But not you know, it hadn't occurred no, to me. But I think it is a good association. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I personally found I find Kid A to be less hard work. Maybe I just know it a lot better. I think that's it because I think Kid A. I remember when I first listened to Kid A as someone who loved the Benz and OK Computer at the time. I found it. It took me a year or so to really mm. appreciate that. Now, actually, when I listen to Kid A, it's one of the albums I enjoy least of Radiohead's because it w- it just doesn't do it for me in the same way that some of those because really? of that sort of distance. I think really, and I think mm. this has got that same sort of distance. And I think this, sort of, yeah, I mean, people talk about Kid A influencing all sorts of music, and I can certainly see it with with this album. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much. What was the date and time? I can't remember now. Of Kid A, this. This is much more recent than than, okay. than Kid A. Yeah, okay. it's a few years after. Right. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's a good association. Yeah. The song cos cosmo 
I can't I can't quite Cos- say it. Cosmogony. Cosmogony. Cosmogony is beautiful. So beautiful, yeah. I thought. Uh, and I, you know, if I was to go back again, I, like Fran is saying, uh, Kid A, the only, I mean, um, uh, Aphex Twin, the only reason I would go back to Aphex Twin is if I'm <clears throat> uh, trying to find a way to represent two seconds of something that happens in some other context, you know, like <laughs> sampling or something like that. Right, right. Um, but uh, but s- something like Cosmogony, I i i went back to maybe it might be my favorite song on the entire list uh, wow on the entire I, list wow entire wow. list i just I, I that song was so appealing to me um mm. and uh, epic mm. yeah epic's a good word for that i hate the word epic usually but it's a good term for this album <laughs> that's acceptable this time he's giving you a green light for that oh thank you go ahead because <laughs> no, actually it's been used in the right context for yes. once. usually it's been used for like a bus ride or you know a chocolate bar or something so you can use it about bjork don't use it about a galaxy caramel sort of incidentally the, the tom york bjork connection really makes me think that there is a band out there that needs that name you know the kind of the the bjork york uh, connection <laughs> maybe we should nice. change the name of the playlist no, Again. let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. We only just settled on this one, for Christ's sake. All right, so um, I think we have, as well as the playlist, we have one more of the actual album. Should we do the Elbow album first, let's and then do we'll do elbow, the playlist? Yeah, yeah let's, so let's talk elbow. about Elbow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so um, Nirmal's already said that this was possibly his favourite, alongside yeah. Odyssey. What, yeah. what about you, Nick? Um, I, it was not my favourite. Um, was Odyssey your favourite? Odyssey was my favourite, yeah. Um, I think it has, um, and we're fresh, we'll, we'll let everyone know that we're fresh from seeing Elbow just yesterday, yep. uh, Fran and I, so... Um, sorry, Nermal. Sorry about that. Um, but, and they played, they, didn't, they actually didn't play a ton of the new album, really, in the whole set. They played, you know, a, f- a few, but not, not heavily, heavily leaning on it. But yeah, the new yeah. album, to me, is, um, is reliable and solid and has some really exquisite moments in it like and especially lyrically i think he's i think of all the elements of the band as they've kind of the arc of all their improvement and you know they kind of everyone has that you know they get steadily better then ultimately peak and then get worse again i think the lyrically i, I think he, he may still be at his peak you know i, th- oh, I think lyrically he's, he's incredible i think he's lyric lyrically i think he's working so subtly and so cleverly um that I think it's amazing. So I, I, to me, there was particularly songs, all disco um, was, was really, uh, and, and summed up really what's most challenging for that band now. I think they're, they're really, they're kind of bottling joy. I feel like, I, I, you know, I think they're, they're basically set writing songs about things which are mundane, making them seem and making them present as, as moving, powerful, poignant, etc. You know, and that, that's really an amazing achievement. The, the challenge when you do that, though, is to not make a cheesy piece of music, not make a, a sort of schmaltzy, too romantic piece of music. And, and I think they come pretty close to that on a couple of a couple of occasions. So, although I think the so all disco is an example where they pull it off. I think where you know where where the, the idea that the, the old timers, you know, growing old, kind of telling each other dirty jokes and all this kind of stuff. All that stuff is is really really well done. A much weaker song is actually the opening song. I think "Magnificent," she says, which um, uh, is basically a, a very nice idea of, of this you know, little girl on the beach finds this piece of broken glass, thinks it somehow imbues it with meaning of it being like a crystal or a jewel or something, and therefore show you know rep- elevating all our consciousnesses by her perception of something more important. You know, I think that's really a beautiful sentiment, but unfortunately. It just slides into schmaltzy. It slides into like just too cheesy, and 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 the use of this and the actual notion of that magnificent, that actual use of the word magnificent. I just it's just too much. Mm. It's just over. It cro- nips it over the line, like like I said, the phrase the phrase earlier. I think. And that, my that's, goodness, Nick, who hurt you? Who hurt you, Nick? So many people, yourself included. <laughs> How is that possible? A, a little girl. Uh, Finding something beautiful and her not realizing how important she is to the world is yeah. somehow unacceptable. But I, I mean, think it's also a little just... bit labored. I think that they've done it before. I mean, uh, Lippy Kids yeah. 
is absolutely that sentiment, isn't it? It's the yeah, like but ruffian, much better. Exactly, ruffian little kids mm. who don't understand their significance and, and how actually angelic and beautiful yeah. the concept of their their existence is. And I think that that's an incredible song. And I, I heard it last night. It was it was amazing. It was wonderful. Um, but this this is an example of of where it just seems like they're treading water a little bit, frankly. Even though lyrically, I think he's still got all those skills. Um, I, I just don't think they have as much to say right now in some cases. But there's lots of this album I do really like, so I don't want, I don't want to slate it. I, I really enjoyed it, but I just think it's not their finest. So normally it was your, your favourite alongside Odyssey, so can let, let us know. Yeah. Uh, I want to... Uh, if I was to pick up on the <clears throat> the music and lyrics of sort of together in tension with each other. Uh, and and to what Nick is saying, you know, that sort of possible cheesiness and schmaltziness of it. When I was, if I, if you read the lyrics to, I would just look at Little Fictions, the song. Mm. And you look at the lyrics and you, you see, love is the original miracle. Yep. Uh, read that and you're like, okay, then. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or, or life, life is the original miracle. All right, then you know, pro lifer yeah. and whatever. <laughs> I don't know about that. This it might not be a pro lifer who thinks that. Okay, but, you know. but then when you hear it and you hear it and you hear how he says it and sings it mm. after the opening bit of that song, where he's saying, you know, I, I just have to repeat this stanza. It's just so incredible lyrically. Mm. Where it says uh, a muffled cry, a muffled battle cry across the t- kitchen table, bridges up portcullis down and round the tower of Babel. I'm babbling up, I'm babbling in my dreams of blue berserkers coming at me, eyes and tongues and rusty knives and God Almighty laughing at me. Uh, you go from that to love is the original miracle, uh, the build of it. Uh, the story that's being told about this uh, argument around a kitchen table to something epic, you know, kind of huge in its scale and uh, beautiful. It's uh, uh, exhilarating. I, I think that's a really good explanation of that. And, and I think you're, you're absolutely right on, on pretty much all counts. And in fact, I do think um, Little Fiction's, the vocal melody in Little Fiction's, in that, in that refrain, in the, you know, when he actually uses the phrase Little Fiction's, is, is absolutely vocally stunning, isn't it? I mean, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, so, yes, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm disagreeing with you. All I'm saying is I think there are, that's a strong point. All disco is a strong point. There are others, but there are also some moments like Magnificent, which are not so great. But anyway, Fran hasn't spoken too much, I don't think, about this. Um, so... As we disagreed on the XX, I think um, we're probably going to disagree a little bit on Elbow. I was I was hugely disappointed with this album, um, and not because it's not a good album; it's a decent album. But for Elbow, it's for me, it's just not good enough. Um, I I was I'd say it moved towards something much more bland than they've ever done before. Um, I felt there's a couple of songs on there that I felt were elbow songs and were Gentle Storm and Firebrand and Angel for me were the two highlights yeah. and they, they were the two times when it really felt like elbow uh, other times I, I, I was actually quite bored um, I, I started towards the end of this playlist because um, I'd listened to it all quite a lot I started just listening to the whole thing on shuffle and sometimes the elbow songs had come up and they're okay on their own I think but I was just, if you'd listen to this, the three of Trust the Sun, All Disco, and Head for Supplies in a row, I, I was bored and I needed to <laughs> listen to something else. And then the same happens with K2, Montparnasse, and Little Fictions, and Kindling. I'm sorry, I, they, all, they all made me a bit sleepy. And last, <laughs> night, last night, actually, when we saw them... Um, they played Kindling, didn't they? The first half of when we saw them, they were good. They were, they're, they're, they're very good at what they're doing. But the first half, they were... They were playing songs to me. It was a bit meandering for a while. And then they, in the second, well, earlier than the second half, but when they played The Birds from an earlier album, and um, it really started to kick in. And I think that feels like what Elbow have done to me with this album is they've, they've take, taken a step back to something a bit more, a bit, a lot blander. They're still lyrically fantastic. And there's, I think that saves this album. There's times, even on the songs I don't like that much, like, all Disco and Head for Supplies, there's lyrically, there's just some absolutely fantastic mm. lines and I think it saves it. But I'm, I'm going to agree with Nick on Magnificent, she says. I think it, it's just, I, it, it's too much. 
I, I don't agree on most things you said, but one thing you, one thing I would agree was with Kindling, that last song, uh, with that drum loop in it, or that, that, mm. whatever, that, that just sort of plodding drum beat. I mean, they've lost their drummer in the last, you know, I don't mean he didn't die, he just left the band in, in the last year. Um, and they've obviously oh. relied upon more on, uh, on you know, some processing and loops and stuff. They do have a drummer for the live gigs, but he's kind of a, you know, an additional new session musician kind of thing. Um, but anyway, in, in this in that actual case, I just felt like it was it was a weak song to end on. It, it was especially given that they've ended on some of the songs in the past, like Grace Under Pressure, for example, is one I'm obsessed mm. with from Cast of Thousands and stuff. You know, mm. some of these songs near the ends of those uh, those previous albums are just staggering. So uh, yeah, it was it was a very light note to end on, and, and seemed and especially percussively sounded a little bit uh, not sloppy is is overstating it, but a little bit casual let me put it that way so yeah yeah, that was one of the weakest songs as well was the first one and the last one were the two weakest songs on the album i think i was really interested when you told me last night that the drummer had left the band because that kind of explained to me a little bit what was lacking from this album for me and i hadn't thought about it until you said it but usually the the drums are so important to this band and for me the best elbow songs are the sort of really driving songs and the really you know grounds for divorce the birds ones that like build a lot and for me that didn't happen that often on this album um mm. i mean i love gentle storm and i love fire brandon angel and there's a couple of other songs i do like i mean i like it's not i'm not i'm not saying this is a terrible album mm. i'm just saying because i hold elbow in such high regard it was a disappointing album for me right and i spent a bit of time listening to the previous album and um uh, seldom see kid just to reassure yeah. myself before we went to see them and those albums yeah. are just even though I'm not, I'm not sure what you guys think of the last album, but it changes up a lot. It's got songs like Charge, it's got loads mm-hmm. of energy, and then it's got some really lovely, beautiful, um, you know, relaxing songs as well. But usually Elbow mixed that up. For me, they didn't mix that up enough on this album. There was just three or four very meandering songs in a row on a couple of occasions, and um, it made me you're in sad. A, you're in an interesting position, actually, related to how I feel about PJ Harvey, um, who's, you know, mm. an even bigger obsession than this band, although I did really come to realise last night watching this band that they are one of my top five bands ever, uh, really. But uh, PJ Harvey's even higher up that list. Um, and her last album was the first I've ever heard of hers that I wasn't, mm. didn't really, really love. Um, and, and that was a situation where the album is is has some very admirable qualities, but just doesn't quite push hard enough and isn't yeah. thought out enough and all this kind of stuff. So it's, I, I sympathise with it, even though I don't think, I'm not in that position with Elbow. I, I mean, they're, they're definitely, maybe they're past their peak. I don't know if that's fair to say there. This album is not their peak. Um, I, I think it's acceptable and it's, and it's, and it's more than acceptable. It's, it's still a, a really good album. I mean, even though I didn't um, love that album, I, I don't think Elbow can't come back with another brilliant album. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I'm going to bring up Radiohead again. Sorry, I'm going to do it all the time. Uh-huh. But an example of a band that this is what gets me is I think Elbow, I've always saw them as a similar sort of trage- trajectory, even though Radiohead are a bigger band. Mm. But, you know, they've changed it up quite a lot and they've kept it interesting. And if you look at Radiohead's album last year, it was kind of mind-blowing, whereas Elbow are that sort of, I, I would want something as mm. intre- interesting from mm. them and this wasn't. Elbow have got a tougher job than Radiohead in a way, though, because Radiohead have built a reputation for writing weird and out-of-place melody structures and studio productions, mm. whereas Elbow have basically got a reputation for ma- making beautiful, beautiful melodies over incredible lyrics. Now, maybe that's something that becomes more one note over time. Yeah. Whereas Radiohead can always say, right, well, we'll just throw the rule book out again because that's what we do is throw the rule book out. You yeah. Know? So uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's point is moot, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But if yeah, you compare yeah. this to Seldom Seen Kid, hmm. I mean, it's not, Seldom Seen Kid is not just beautiful lyrics over melodies, is it? I mean, you've got songs like no. Grounds for Divorce yeah, yeah, yeah. that are just yeah. raucous and, and that, that's what lacked from this for me. Yeah. yeah it yeah. wasn't, a, there was no... There's no charge from the last album, or there's no grounds for divorce, or there's no... It, it was just, yeah, it was a bit meandering for me. Right. I still, like, I don't want to say I hate it. I don't hate it. But yeah, yeah. I don't love it either, which I is mean, a shame. It's not the XX, is it, after all? Jesus. I mean, <laughs> don't Ma- dodge that bullet. Magnificent, she says, has all, <laughs> ten times the cheese of the XX album, all that fucking <laughs> one, if you ask me. There's, so. no, there's not much cheese in the XX. Anyway, let's, let's not get back onto that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so um, that, that leaves uh, Tour on Earth. That leaves the tallest man on earth, which I've... So you're going to need some context there, yeah? Yeah, I've, I've been generally quite nervous about what you guys think about this, because I know it's, from what we've spoke about in the past, it's not the uh, it's not the kind of thing you guys maybe 
talk about a great deal, but I'm going to just give a bit of background here. That's so tallest man on earth. He's a uh, real name, Christian Matson. He's a 34-year-old Swedish singer-songwriter. He's got four albums, which for me are all exceptional, and two very good EPs as well. He records everything live on his own in his bedroom. He's, he plays a lot of instruments. He plays a guitar, piano, violin, banjo, and harmonica. Um, whenever you read an article about tallest man on earth, uh, they will immediately compare him to Bob Dylan, and I can I get that it's a fair comparison. Although I don't feel like he is a Dylan ripoff, as some other people have said, and also as some of the singers are. He, he says he grew up listening to Dylan, Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, and says they were obviously an influence, but then he also talks about people like Nick Drake, and he got his big break supporting your two's favourite band, Bon Iver, so, you know, that was a big one for him. Uh, he's one of my favourite artists, um, and also, as I've mentioned before in my email, he was, if we'd have done this playlist 10 years ago, you'd have been getting all recommendations that sounded like Oasis from me, and that would have been it, really. And then I started listening to The National, and then from them I got into bands like with people like The Tallest Man on Earth, and it's been a big change in my musical taste, so I just wanted to share this guy with you and, and see what you see what you thought. So I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts. Um, Nick, do you want to kick off? Uh, yeah, can do. Um, so in general, uh, I was really impressed. Um, I thought it was... Um, I thought, in general, the comparisons that people, and I think understandably make with Dylan, um, are positive ones in the sense that, you know, the attributes he has are the best side of of what Dylan does. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really um, well executed. And, um, yeah, I mean, there was the, particularly... Um, now, what's the one, the song here? It was uh, There's No Leaving Now. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was... Uh, really, really strong, um, and and lyrically very strong, and and a lot of energy. And also, I thought he did a good job of of presenting a lot of energy behind what is only an acoustic guitar. Mm. Um, and I thought that that was um, that was very skillful. You know, people just default to an instrument's best sort of tonal range, and with you know with grand piano, they start making playing huge chords and you know that kind of thing so with, with, with acoustic people just often are very tentative and I think he, he is not so yeah. I think that worked really well um, I tried purposely to actually pick songs that mix because I know I could have easily made a playlist of 15 songs of his that are all, all very slow songs but right. so I started with Fields of a Home and then followed it with King of Spain purposely because King of Spain is probably one of the most energetic songs okay. that he does and he's not like like Nermal said about Sufjan Stevens before he's just relentlessly miserable right i mean i like what i've heard of his but i don't think tallest man on earth does that which i think is a positive right right um i also really liked the the tone just to men- make a mention of uh, the dreamer and mm. um, the actual guitar tone of the dreamer mm-hmm. um he's using overdrive there in a really well really great way like which reminded me of grizzly bear um if either of you are familiar yeah, with yeah. that um off uh, is it what's the album called Valchemist? Vel- Vel- yeah Ventilis? yeah so um there's a there's a really great couple of songs off that where he's hitting all the velocity changes on the guitar are handled really well so it makes it sound like he's he's playing um with the same instrument both very calmly and very aggressively you know with no with no kind of digital trickery um just with how aggressively he's actually performing um which i thought worked really really well um, if I had um, a sort of caveat to things, I'd just say that, um, what, which is something that Fran even hinted that people had said before, which is um, if you were to not be careful about listening to this, you might think, what do I get out of this that I wouldn't get out of a classic Dylan album? Mm. Like in some case, you'd be like, okay, well, he's executing well with really clever thought, cleverly thought out links, a lot of energy, and you know, and he even has the vocal twang sometimes, not as so much, mm. but King of Spain is an example of one where I think he yeah, sounds more like, yeah. more like Dylan in That's actual voice. That's the earlier one. You know. earlier stuff where he sounds more like Dylan. I think. Right. And uh, I think that there's, he's, you know, he's sometimes a little bit in a danger zone there that he might end up um, coming across that way. But I think if you, if you dig into it, it's, it's well worth it, yeah. So I was, I was impressed. I was impressed. What about you, Neville? Yeah, I, I I would agree with everything that that you said, Nick, and and also um, loving the variety of the speeds and intensity, uh, the, yeah, intensity of the different tracks. Uh, <clears throat> there were to pick up uh, the a couple of them, uh, the Dreamer and Love Is All uh, were both stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the. Um, 
meditative lyric like you know it's it's an album that i or an artist that i really felt like i have to pay attention to you know when mm. i was listening to it it was it, if i was listening to it and i had bjork on in the background you know once mm. it, once it got kind of like crazy with the bjork stuff i'd switch it and and you know it's like okay i don't have to pay attention to this anymore huh. or i have to move on we moved right after that to tallest man on earth and i just kind of wanted to put everything down and just sit there and listen to it and mm-hmm. listen to the line listen to the storytelling listen to the uh melodies uh made me pay attention in a really good way and uh, so I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it like I would I would say it is not something that is easy to listen to if you're doing something else. If you're really invested in in um, paying attention though, <laughs> and and actually wanna wanna experience it and take a moment and listen to it. It's, mm. it's and why do you think that is Neville? Do you think that's a lyrical thing or do you think that's? Just... I think it's a lyrical thing. I think mm. it's a. Um, I think it it it. Uh, there are these. Uh, if you are, if I was doing something else and listen to it, I would hear a few phrases. I'm like, what, what, mm. you know, that sort of impede into my brain space. And then I'd say, what is that? Uh, and then it just makes you put everything down. Um, it really yeah. interrupts flow uh, of of life in, in, a, in a really good way. Good thing. I think you know, that's that's a really. I'm really. It's really nice to hear you say that because that's how I feel about. Him. And I think I mentioned in my email that every now and then there's a line in his songs that he just makes you pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples for me is in There's there's No Leaving Now when he says uh, all the little things you need to build a home. Mm-hmm. And the lyric just comes out of nowhere, but the way he delivers it, you're just like, shit, mm-hmm. I've, got to, mm-hmm. I've got to sit and listen to what he's talking about now. And um, he does the same in um, You're Going Back when he says, um, driver, please don't go this fucking way. And it's just... <laughs> It just grabs you, and I think it's really. I'm I'm really glad to hear you say the, a lot of things that I thought on this because I wasn't sure what you two would uh, mm. would think mm. of him. And I'm also really glad Nick that you picked out. There's no leaving now because that's my favourite song mm. by him, and right. it was one song that I toyed with not putting on because it is one of the ones where he gets a bit maudlin and a bit miserable. And I thought maybe you guys wouldn't be as into mm. that song, but I'm really I'm glad joking. to hear you. We do maudlin and miserable all day long. You're joking. <laughs> more than miserable is our absolute stock in trade. Yeah, but then if you think about bands that I like, like Bon Iver, and yeah. um, and yeah. you don't like them for that reason, so I was, I think because he's got variation though that maybe some mm. of others don't. I mean, I the Dreamer well, sort of is well, the, the Dreamer as well. So um, yeah, it's the Garden was the one that really got me into them. The Garden's an incredible song as well. So mm. well, great to hear that you both uh, both enjoy it. Great. Um, well, that gets us to the all oh. through the five. It does. Okay, and there we have it. Um, that's the first of the recorded podcasts for Picky Bastards. Um, hope people found it interesting. We'll have another one next month. Uh, we haven't decided on all the albums yet, but some of them will include uh, Sampa the Great's The Great Mixtape, Hooray for Riff Raff, uh, album from just a couple weeks ago, The Navigator, uh, an album by uh, Loyal Karna called Yesterday's Gone, uh, and I think we're also going to be covering Idol's Brutalism, uh, then there's a couple more that will be announced uh, as we go through the month on, on the Twitter handle, which is at Picky Bastards. Okay, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, bye.